Hey everyone, welcome back to Navigating Netflix Originals. As always, I'm Madison, and as always, I am joined by Jamie. That's me. It is. Hooray! So today... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> Let's get going here, kids. Um, so today we are going to be discussing a Netflix original, I guess, would you call this a documentary? Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. so. documentary <laughs> called The Social Dilemma. I feel like how much of this did you know before watching the documentary? Um, like just like roughly percentage wise, like how much were you like, oh, this is brand new information? I don't know that much of it was new information for me, except for it being explicitly said like, we are designing these things to hold your interest, but I guess that right. makes sense. I don't know percentage right. wise. What about you? Yeah, I would. I felt like I knew most of this information already, as far as like the facts of like what is already happening. Yeah. But like some of the projections that they were like seeing, like how this could negatively impact the country and mm-hmm. society, like politically, and like right. the things could happen because of like completely unintentional kind of like side effects of this way of monetizing like social media networks is just like terrifying because <laughs> you can see oh, yeah. it happening like well and so it like makes sense as they're talking about it oh yeah i mean you see it every time like every time i open facebook the mm-hmm. whole like you know, political aspect of it all and circulation exactly. of fake news is so prevalent. And what did they say that like fake news travels six times faster than true news around? Which makes sense because the true news is usually boring and just right. fast. The people get, you know, these clickbait fake news articles and they just spread like wildfire. Right. It's the sort of sensationalism of it all where, you know, flashy, surprising, shocking headlines that even if they're not real are going to draw people in and then yeah. people do not verify things um, oh. and then that's the issue and you know, as they were saying in the documentary like there's no way to tr- really to train ai to filter fake news right you know because so it's like not a problem it can solve <laughs> so. right like it doesn't know what's real from what's not because it has no way of of knowing it's not out there you know with a, as a sentient being right. experience these things it's just, yet, anyway. it's just what will play the most ads and make the company the most money kind of thing right so um let's backpedal just a little bit okay. in case you haven't seen the documentary oh, yes. <laughs> like i definitely would recommend even early on in the discussion watching this before oh, yeah. it's, it's it's very good but um so like the idea is that it's this group of individuals who have worked for these big social media networks like Google and Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and Instagram and some of the new aged ones that I don't understand. I have a hard time with Instagram as it is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so there are people who have worked in higher up positions and it seems like pretty much all of them have quit their positions at these companies kind of due to like ethical concerns right. about the way the company's platforms are using advertisements basically um so it's coming from like reputable people like you know these this founder of pinterest was on there and like people who worked in these like as ceos or vice presidents of these companies 
Um, so that I, I wasn't expecting it to be as like legitimate of a of a documentary yeah. as it was with like these people who have been inside of it and help help to create the monster essentially. Right. So that was um so and, and so they they asked them right at the beginning, then like, so what is the problem with social media, you know? And I think that uh, there, there's so much to it. Right. That's like, hard to are, pin down. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of like what they sigh and they're like, well, <laughs> you know, it's kind of hard to explain, but yeah. I'm trying to think of like how I would word the problem in like one <laughs> sentence. <laughs> and the problem is that we've essentially given over control to AI algorithms yeah. that only goal is to make money for the companies. Mm -hmm. And so that makes the primary goal of the AIs to play advertisements. And it's not intentional that they're like playing more and more of the same things in showing more and more of the same things, but like the algorithm gets stronger as it does. So you end up seeing more and more of like the same types of news. Yeah. And so it's creating this vast political divide in the country yeah. because and, when you go on social media as somebody who is you know either a democrat or a republican you pretty much only see news yeah. that reinforces your own beliefs you don't ever see news from the other side at all anymore right and it's not only dependent on your opinions and views but the thing that i found most shocking is that i i didn't realize that like given your geolocation they will offer you top uh, search results that are more likely to occur in that area. So if you're in a conservative area, like, you know, when we were living in Indiana, like right. if we were to just do a search, it would probably be a lot more conservative news than what we would normally consume. Yeah, that's crazy. And so that <laughs> is really crazy because it's also sort of blocking people into that from mindset, birth. you know? Right. Like yeah, it's blocking changing how they are from being introduced to like right. any anything new anything outside of their scape right and it's like of course people with a mind of their own will go out and pursue the the truth and you know one of the things they say is that regardless of what you're doing you should try to get news from different sources don't rely right. just on social media and like do some searching on your own but realistically we know that people there, you know, not many people actively consume news in terms of seeking it out on them on their own, but they will easily go on to like whatever Twitter, you know, proposes to them as the top news of the day, or you know whatever appears on their like main news page if they open right. a browser or whatever. If people have that setting, I don't know if people can still do that, but <laughs> at any rate, <laughs> probably can have Yahoo as your homepage still if you want. <laughs> but I mean, Yahoo in general feels kind of conservative to me, but anyway. <laughs> I don't know that I've been on Yahoo since 2003, so. <laughs> right, same. Um, but, uh, but it's just kind of crazy to me that, and it makes sense that like, as you're saying, the algorithm is made such that it wants to keep your attention. And so right. it tracks the things that you, that was the creepy part too, it tracks how, not only what you're looking at, but how long you're like staring at one thing. Right, like if you're scrolling through a newsfeed and you pause on one video for three seconds and the next one for five, like it tracks and all of these these images and stuff they have it coding that's embedded into it so it knows generally that this is you know political left or political right kind of thing and you're spending more time looking at one than the other or whatever you know the case may be 
And so it tracks like your interest so it can give you more things to hold your interest better so that yeah. you can watch more advertisements. <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> it's super terrifying. And it makes me think like, I don't know. I feel like I, I wouldn't consider myself, it depends on what we, well, first of all, we have to define what like social media is, but I, I don't we talk a lot about Gmail and, yeah. and media. And to me, that's like work. Like you can't, I don't really use my Gmail to like communicate with people outside just getting like notifications for right. different random things, you know? <laughs> yeah. I found that interesting as well. And Tristan, who was like the, I assume the organizer of the, you know, uh, what's it called? The documentary, because yeah. he was kind of the main, not that it's a character, but like he was the main person, in it, I guess. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, he kept talking about how he was like addicted to Gmail. And like, it's true that I can see how they're doing things to get you to check more often or like click on it more often. But like, I, I don't know, I feel like it's a different, it yeah. seems like a different um, beast than Twitter or, you know, Instagram, Facebook, or I don't know, like, but I don't know, would you, how would you rate like your level of use of these things? I use Gmail like a fair amount for work. So like everything I I freelance online and all of the emails come like in through the website that I work on, but then they send me a notification to be like, you have a new email from this client or whatever kind of thing. So like, it's just kind of like a notification system for a lot of different platforms, you know? So I get notifications about my Amazon order shipping and about client funnel work and about, it's more just like a notification system to me for multiple different things and not something that I would like get on and write an email to somebody on. (laughs) But I guess, like, in, in according to, like, this, then, that is kind of, because I feel like what was interesting is that at the end, when they suggest, like, they were asked suggestions of what they would, you know, what you should do. Every right. single person says, turn off notifications. Right. So it's kind of like, you know, if you're, if that's a notification for system for you, is that, is that, um, I just, See, like, right. it's hard to determine, like, what's negative and what's. Right. Because I don't feel like it's a negative aspect of my life to be notified throughout the day. As somebody who works from home as a freelance graphic designer, I need to know that I have, you know, new work or, you know, new messages from clients throughout the day. So that's not a notification that would be, that's a disadvantage to my life. (laughs) Um, Ones that are, I probably could turn off the notifications on my like Facebook. Okay, I don't need to get notifications from Facebook when somebody like comments on my photo or something. True. <laughs> yeah, for me, I, I feel more concerned about like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Those seem to be more time traps, in my opinion, uh, than or even like Reddit, you know, anything where you're Reddit. just scrolling down through a news, like a feed of something that's endless. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like over over the years, my Facebook consumption has dropped dramatically from what it used to be oh same yeah i'm like never on there i also i guess like instagram too i'll check maybe once a day sometimes not um and then for me really twitter is kind of the issue because that's one that i find myself scrolling through for ages oh really wow i 
I never got into Twitter. Like I tried. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. Twitter and Instagram, like, I don't know, probably because I didn't really have internet until after I moved out of my parents' house. Yeah. So I never really got on the social media. Like I was a late start getting onto yeah. it. Yeah. And Facebook's really the only one that I use is for like social networking. As far as like keeping in touch with people, it's pretty much just Facebook. Yeah would be it would be it <laughs> and texting and google hangouts but i don't feel right. like google Hangouts is a social media network it's just like a messaging app is that different than social media <laughs> see this is what i'm not sure about either because like if email counts then like surely messengers messengers count and someone mentioned like the traps of whatsapp and stuff which is another you know messaging I feel system like, i feel like the ones that they must be counting the most are the ones that are going to play ads, you know? So like, that's not Hangouts, that's not Gmail, you know, like you're not scrolling through endless things on your Gmail account and watching advertisements in the process. <laughs> right. So right. I feel like they are, they're a different, less I'm, harmful, you know, group. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. Especially if it's like your only means of regular communication with people, like, you know, Hangout and like Hangouts and not Facebook, but Facebook Messenger, and yeah. which doesn't show ads as far as I have been aware. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I use those every day just to talk to people. But one thing that I guess would also count in this would be YouTube. And yeah. that admittedly, yes. I waste my life on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as far as like... It time consumption, like a total time spent on any social media platform, the vast majority of it is YouTube for me too. Like yeah. I just watch a lot of YouTube during the day. <laughs> and I felt like super called out when they were like talking about getting stuck in a YouTube hole. And like <laughs> I do, I let it just like autoplay. And then I'm going yeah. from like one random shit. And then suddenly I'm like, you know, I don't even know talking about some conspiracy theory, which they also mentioned. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, you know, I have a sound mind enough to ignore those things and be like, this is so silly. Yeah. But I can see how some people like start taking that as truth. But now I, now I worry that like my algorithms tainted because <laughs> I let it play into oblivion. You know what I mean? Like Probably. how many times have I fallen asleep at night and just like woken up to it still playing eight hours later? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and it's like some ultra right, like <laughs> conspiracy theory video playing by that point. Right. And I'm like, well, they got me, I guess. <laughs> it's been playing for the last 55 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like that is something that I, I would like to work on not spending yeah. as much time doing that. See, I'm not as bad as that because I don't watch anything while I sleep at night. Um, and I also like, I don't autoplay at all. So I have to like consciously select the next video on YouTube. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That, that might be one easy thing you could make a change with is mm -hmm. just turning the autoplay off because then you can kind of keep like, oh, I'll watch another, you know, food video or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're in the mood for that day. Kind that's of a thing. good idea. Yeah. I should definitely turn that off. <laughs> but, but um anyway yes sorry i pulled this off into personal discussions but i guess that's kind of where i assumed this would go but <laughs> that's where this was gonna go so the most surprising thing yes. from the documentary for me because there definitely was a moment was when they took the camera into the room of the computers and you just see these floor to ceiling, wall to wall, massive warehouses, you know, floor after floor after floor. Yeah. Um, 
computers, just the brains, no monitors, just like just the computers. And and, and he, they said like they all these companies have them, you know, Google, Facebook, YouTube, they all have these massive underground warehouses of computers. Uh-huh. And uh, that's I don't know. Maybe I'm getting maybe my mom is too much in my mind about like, you know, if we're in the matrix, <laughs> when yeah. technology will rise up against us kind of thing. But holy crap, that's just like a huge giant brain. Oh, yeah. And we're all just like one little neuron in that brain of everything that it's learning about us. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I loved I love when Tristan says something like, you know, we all talk about like what when are the when's the AI gonna take over the world? And he's just like what people miss is that AI runs the world right now. Right. Like it's, it's already like, in charge. Yeah. And then speaking of the matrix, someone also said something about like <laughs> yeah. um they know. said, "How do you how do you wake up from the matrix when you don't know you're in the matrix?" <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I mean, true. And it's like it doesn't it doesn't need to be quite as like physical of you know a situation where the computers or the machines literally had humans plugged into them. Like where we willingly pick up a phone and plug oh, ourselves yeah. into the machine every every day, all day long. You know. <laughs> oh, we do, and it, it's horrifying. And like, I think. Um, not to call us out on age, but I think because we didn't grow up with social media, for me, I have no issue if I need to like, you know, sometimes I don't look at my phone for like, you know, 18 hours and then I'm like, oh, right. I should probably look. And then, you know, yeah. but it, it's, it is crazy to see like, not only like students of mine that I see who are around, you know, like 18 to 21, right. seeing them have a, you know, be much more, involved in social media and like the phone is so much part of their life and then seeing like my niece who's 11 and how addicted she is to her phone it's horrifying and it's especially when they talk about like the issues of mental health and they mentioned that like you know after the big boom of social media um uh self-harm rates and uh i think suicide rates in younger younger girls like skyrocketed yeah, I, I I wrote down the percentages actually. So in girls ten to fourteen years old, um, the so rate of self harm has gone up one hundred and eighty nine percent, and the rate of suicide has gone up one hundred and fifty one percent since two thousand and nine. So like since the dawn of social media, you know. <laughs> right, and and then like it's totally understandable too, given like the fact that with all of these social media outlets, you are basically trying to vie for people's attention and comparing yourself to people oh my gosh you know when they said that there's now they've actually given like a name to the syndrome of like wanting to have plastic surgery so that you look more like your filtered selfies and they've actually given Mm -hmm. that like so many young girls have said this that they actually have a name for it now i don't remember what it was but there's a name for it yeah no, it's horrifying. It, it truly is horrifying. And it's like, I noticed that, yeah, just scrolling through Instagram, cause sometimes people will post these selfies that are like filtered into oblivion. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you posting this? Because like, you don't even have like, everything's a soft edge. I'm like, where, where are you? Where's the definition in your face? Like, have you right. become just an amorphous blob? I don't understand. You are now just two dimensional. Yeah. I'm like, what's happened here? I don't get it. Um, uh, 
I posted three pictures to my Instagram ever, so I don't even know how to add a filter to it. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I know how to, but I definitely don't. And I also don't post pictures of my face, you know? So no, I, I never just, either. I just do the world, uh, which is better without yeah. filters, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I remember just anecdotally, uh, my, this was probably even a year or two ago. So my niece was younger now or younger than she was now. And, you know, we were taking yeah. pictures with like my mom and stuff. And then someone like snapped a shot of her and she was like, you can't post that anywhere. Let me edit it first. Let me touch it up. And I'm like, you're fucking nine. Like what's happening here? For real. Yeah. It's scary. I don't have any younger people in my life that I'm close to that. I, but I'm sure it's there, you know, like even oh, my yeah who are like 10 and 12 years younger than me they don't even have facebook anymore they just do like you know twitter and probably tiktok and those other new <laughs> social media things of kids She's, are she said with disdain <laughs> yeah. i just keep up with it all <laughs> yeah i mean and that's like obviously extremely negative but i i liked that the documentary also touched on also talking about the the negative effect of facebook and like how you know, in Myanmar, it was basically used to promote genocide. And like, you know, it's, it's crazy, the things that that happen, and people don't even stop to think about what's real information and what's not. Yeah, they just, I mean, we joke about it all the time, like, oh, you know, you believe everything you read on the internet, but people do. (laughs) Like and it's these these algorithms are unknowingly conditioning us to con- like believe more and more fake news mm-hmm. because it's all it, that's being presented. And I know that like we we like to say that the right side is more guilty of this, but th- both sides post some pretty outlandish things sometimes. Yeah. And there's conspiracy theories on both sides, so. It, it's just there. there is no like well it's better to be one or the other because it's not <laughs> in this right. situation they're both toxic but not, yeah they're both toxic and it, the issue is that you know more and more we can't not that we need to find necessarily a middle ground but like we won't even try to barter for a middle ground it's right. like both sides have become so hyper isolationist which is yeah. something they mentioned tribalist even that yeah. like you refuse to accept anyone's opinion. And I've yeah. also like, I guess that's kind of cross generation, generational, but I feel like even more and more what I see uh, with this sort of personal attacks uh, on people on Twitter and stuff, I don't know. I feel like it's becoming part of the norm of younger generations to be closed minded to the point that you refuse to even entertain someone else's viewpoint. Right. Yeah. Or just like, just try to understand that what's right for you isn't right for every person, you know, like you, it, okay, that, that belief works for you, but it doesn't work for everyone kind of idea. Right. And yeah, it's just, it's just something people refuse. And I don't, I don't remember it always being that way. Mm-hmm. Like I remember being younger and like the two parties there was there was a you know tension between them always but even within my family people could talk about different sides you know you you know were more democrat or more republican you you would at least entertain a conversation with that person about it and you wouldn't just like shut them down and walk out of the room or leave the party like you could talk about it but now it's you, you can't like if they don't agree with you already you can't discuss your 
beliefs with them at all kind of thing. Right. And it's not that like, I'm not one to say that if someone tells me that they support one side and I'm not in in agreement with them, that it doesn't like change my outlook on that person, but I still try to understand where they're coming from. Right. But yeah, I I think that, yeah, but I think that's, you know, not going to be, it's just foresee that being a thing. There's just so much of it. And it does like the, the documentary is correct to say that like this shift in our society happened at the same time that social media started to take hold because, Oh God, when did I get Facebook? It would have probably been like 2007, right? That's the year we graduated. Yeah. Because I mean, also not to age us, but when, when we got Facebook, you needed to have a university account. Uh, It still had to end in .edu back. (laughs) It was going to be just like a college only thing. But, I was my my freshman year of college when calling like when my cousin finally like convinced me to to get Facebook because yeah. I didn't even want it at that point. I was still all about MySpace, uh, yeah, <laughs> which I don't think is a player at all anymore in social media. <laughs> no, I think oddly enough, MySpace, from my understanding, is that like you know it started as like a music focused place and then morphed into a quasi social media, and then you know, people stopped using it and it's shifted back to like, you know, a music space. So I think bands sometimes still use MySpace, at least like, I feel like I remember encountering one recently that was like, yeah, check my MySpace. And I was like, excuse me, (laughs) is it 2004 again? (laughs) Where am I? (laughs) Nobody has MySpace anymore. No, no. But yeah. But I feel like MySpace was kind of the original social media network. I don't remember their before that much do you i don't remember there one being one before that unless you count like um chat rooms and but i don't really feel i mean i guess they are social media because you're socializing like in a media form (laughs) 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 it's on the computer and you like aim you know like instant messenger kind of things that we remember using that in high school and college but again, it's just like a messaging app. It's nothing that had ads. You know, you didn't have to pay for it at all. You just went right. on and talked to, you know, your friend online or whatever. It's like before texting. <laughs> yeah. A different time. Yes. <laughs> Back when you had to have a whole computer in front of you to send a text message. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Those were the days. I suppose you still do. That's pretty much what phones are. Whole computers. They are, too. Yeah. Definitely more powerful than any computer we had back in the day. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that (laughs) this list, the smartphone is more powerful than the Windows Millennia Edition. (laughs) (laughs) Massive computer that we had that only um, dial-up connected to. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah. yeah. It's kind of, it is just like, as you say, watching this, it nothing is kind of feels terribly new to me. Right. Like just to to have that reinforcement in like you know someone at one point said like you know you are a lab rat, we're all lab rats. Like right. so true, and we don't think about that when we just kind of like click and click and scroll through whatever. So and really, maybe, the only thing we can do is just to consciously not do that yeah you know make a decision to not go on to twitter or facebook that day and scroll through it for hours read yeah. a book instead. <laughs> yeah well and i know that it is possible um because i was like 
checking out my usage of my phone just to see like what my average time is. And like last week, my average time was like under three, a little under three hours average Uh per day, which isn't too bad, I don't think. Um, Considering one of my students checked theirs today and she was like, it was 12 hours. I was like, sorry. (laughs) But um, what's that? What is the three hours of what? Um, various things, but like, you know, oh, okay. it, it does break it down. My phone's off currently in case someone called me, but, um, I did notice while, while scrolling and I mean, at least on iPhone, you, of course, supporting Apple, um, <laughs> the other monolith, what's it called? Um, monolith, but, um, I did know that you can notice that you can place limiters on things. So you can be like, don't let me use this app more than however hours or minutes. And that's another thing that you could definitely do. Like, you know, I could set that on Twitter and be like, oops, you've hit an hour. It's done for the week or whatever, (laughs) or the day. No more Twitter for today. You what? Oh, yeah, no more Twitter for today, yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, so, like, they do kind of touch on the the other side of this, or the other possibility, I guess, which is just, like, um, hold on. Let me find, I wrote it down. Sure. Um, because it made more sense the way that they were. Okay. So like, like, is this like just the newest, latest level that we've achieved in an ever advancing society? Like there's no point in like picturing a world where we're not going to have social media because that's never going to happen. We're never going to go back to when there's not social media. It's just going to continue to advance forward. So what, what we need to do is learn how to adapt with something that is changing, you know, far more quickly than we would usually need to evolve with. <laughs> yeah. And that's um, true. But I mean, I don't have an answer to that, but like, <laughs> it does, like it does, there, we're never going to go back to when we're not as connected as we are now. Like this no. is kind of, it's just going to get more going forward, not less. You know, I I think that we can't try to, like, create a world where we are not dependent on these AI algorithms because we already are. And we just need to learn how to change them so that they're not so focused on making money and they're more focused on, like, other things, you know. But, but yeah, that's giants and social media. They have to make less money, so. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, it. you know, at one point, Tristan, you know, that he was asked, like, do you think we'll get there? Like, will we reach some point where we feel comfortable with social media and like what's going on? And he basically just says we have to. And it's kind of like, yeah, yeah you're right. Like we we're going to have to learn to live with this in such a way that it's not detrimental. But I don't I don't know if I'm like as hopeful as yeah, <laughs> and optimistic as some of them seemed to be. Like the really the only way I mean there's two courses of action and neither one of them are very realistic. It's like one is to convince these you know giant companies to make far less money by giving up a lot of the advertising money that they would otherwise be making. The second option is to convince people to consciously not use social media nearly as much as they do, and I don't see that either happening. Like happening either. You know, so I don't I don't know how you change it at this point, you know. Yeah, I did like in respect to tracking our all of our personal data in terms of like what we look at and how often and all that stuff. I did like the idea of someone said uh, put forth about like taxing basically like um, data 
access or something like you know okay. you oh, you you can access as a company can access this much data and then you're taxed in such a way like right. that i think is a good idea to promote companies just from overusing those algorithms because if they can't just like freely access the data of billions of people right. like i think that is a good way to start shifting it in a in a more in a less menacing direction, let's say. Yeah. yeah, like it would be effective if it was implemented. Right. It's the, whether or not I believe it would actually be implemented. Right. <laughs> like, because when you look at the people who own these companies, they're like in the top 0.001% of society. They're the right. billionaires, you know, they, they have so much power and control you know they donate money to get the political candidates elected that they like who right. won't pass laws like this kind of thing so it's it just seems unlikely i guess there's yeah. there's a, a powerful group of people <laughs> yeah i agree that and, and it's not in their best interest to make less money so no not at all <laughs> How do you convince them to do it then kind of thing yeah but yeah no it's true yeah the data the data harvesting is just it's it's it's, it's everything like every like every mm -hmm. you know comment every you know like you said the amount of time that every billions of people are spending on their phones and it's not data that's like being monitored by any individual it's just all being fed into this computer algorithm you know there's just it's just so much data which yeah. makes the algorithms, you know, perform better for making the money. Exactly. So, yeah. So who knows? Will it lead to civil war? I don't know. Right? You know, that's what one person said. He could see it happening. Yeah. Because it's so polarized now. But, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say, like, what will happen. I'll be interested to see how things progress, but... but as far own... as, like, social media goes or as far as yeah. election Oh my God! Well, most imminently, how the election yeah. goes, which is in, I don't know, like what twenty some days. Less than a month, yeah, November third. But oh and like we're not even gonna know the results of the election probably until the end of November because of so many mail-in votes. You know, those can't be counted until the day of the election either, and it's gonna take weeks to count them all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There are many things I could say about that, but let's not get into that. But <laughs> politics conversation. Yeah, when we watch a, a politics documentary, we'll go into that. Yeah, we'll start that after the election. <laughs> yeah, but um, but uh, yeah. so that's pretty much like all my main thoughts on this. Like, yeah, my only other thought on the documentary as a whole was that I did not think that the dramatic reenactments. <laughs> necessary in any way they didn't seem to like that you didn't want to know what ben was doing what was happening to ben <laughs> oh my god the first time they showed a clip of it i actually thought it was just like a clip from a movie that they were like splicing in because it was somewhat relevant <laughs> and then they kept coming back and i was like wait a second are they like enacting this is there like a little drama going on in the background <laughs> yeah no it's kind of like a cheesy reenactment but um you know meant to focus like showcase the points that it's getting to but i'm not sure it was necessary i thought it was a bit silly i mean my part of me wonders if like it was included because people have such like low attention spans that they wanted to like break up the important stuff with 
a reenactment to be like, here's some like entertainment. Personally, I, I just thought it was kind of dumb. But... Yeah. Well, <laughs> I got very good. concerned about Ben and what was happening. <laughs> him, but... I mean, he did turn into an avatar, so. Well, yes, he did. Uh, he did learn to control all four elements, indeed. <laughs> no, <that's... laughs> oh, wrong avatar. That's also for a different discussion. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, were there any other quotes that you wrote down from this that were particularly poignant? Oh, I yeah, I wrote down one, a couple of different ones. Um, this one, I'll, we can just go back and forth if you have a couple of them too. Sure. Yeah. Um, this is somebody talking about like social media networks saying they are starting to erode the fabric of how society works, which yes, is true. 100%. Um, this is one of the quotes that was on the screen that said, there are only two industries that call their customers users, illegal drugs and software. And I was like, yeah. oh, true. Kind of along the same vein um, when they said, if you're not paying for the product, then you are the product. Yeah, that's very true. My I, the thing uh, at the end of uh, did you watch all the way into the end of past the credits? I did. Yes. Okay. I loved that at the very end. I guess this isn't really a quote, but I like that on the screen they said follow us on social media, and then yeah. just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that was cute. Um, I wrote down how much how much will you spend? How much of our of your life are you willing to give us? You know, and that's kind of like the social media platforms business model is like how much of your time how much of your life are you willing to to give to us so that we can make money kind of thing yeah um i also like they wrote they said at one point it's the critics who drive improvement and so kind of getting to the point that like we need people need to speak out and talk about what's what the issues are so that we can reach you know the next level of whatever it will be hopefully for the better but yeah one never knows the only other quote I wrote down was the one from the very beginning um, before the documentary even started. And it just said, nothing vast enters the life of mortals without a curse. Very true. I think that's a good quote to end this on. <laughs> <laughs> so, so on that note. On that note, um, I feel a little awkward uh, talking about our social media, but um if you guys made it all the way through this, uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, we are glad that some people have reached out and such. Please also feel free to reach out to us. Um, you can do so on Twitter um, at Turn It Off Podcast. <laughs> or you can send us an email to navigating Netflix originals at gmail.com. Um, or you could go into your podcasting app and give us a rating and say, hey, this sounds pretty cool. Um, we'd yeah. appreciate those too. But um, <laughs> if you guys have any any other suggestions for us, things that you would like us to watch, please let us know on any way you can contact us. You can come knock on our doors if you if you prefer. I'm not giving out my address. <laughs> I also won't. But yes. So thanks again for listening, everyone. We'll be back next time with a discussion of something maybe a, a little less depressing and hopeless. Uh-huh. But you never know. Perhaps. <laughs> But yeah, until then, uh, goodbye. Bye.